I know it's a little darker than usual, and that's on purpose. It's not a power failure or lack of light bulbs. We're doing things a little bit different this morning as we're going to be celebrating communion this morning. And really, today I don't want to give you more information or any deep insights. What I want to do is make space available for us to encounter God in a way that we don't always have opportunity to. You know, we're, we're busy with work, with life, and all the things that take place. Sometimes it's hard for us to, to stop and to pause and to respond to God and to connect to Him. And I want to make opportunity for us to do that this morning because it is healthy for us. It is necessary for us. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to share a little bit from the Psalms and we're going to have another opportunity to sing to the Lord. And I want you to know that this morning you are free to worship your God. You are free to, to cry out to him with your voice. You're free to stand up and raise your hands. You're, you're free to fall on your knees if your knees are good enough for the tile or whatever this floor is. You are free to worship and respond to God. And it's important that we do so. In Psalm 119, if you turn there, I'm going to start at verse 169, the very end of the psalm. David says, May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. As David here at the end of this psalm, and this is the longest psalm in the scriptures, it's the longest anything in the scripture. And as he cries out, there's this, kind of climactic point to this psalm where he just says, I want to overflow with praise to you. Lord, sustain me, help me. His cry is to his God. He longs for his salvation because he has put his trust in God. I hope that we recognize this morning that as God has given us insight, 
has ministered to us and has given us the scriptures to enlighten us and guide us. And I know a lot of you have had moments in times where God has ministered to you. I mean, I've shared these things with some of you where God has made himself known in some of the most unusual ways, whether it's through an answer of prayer, whether it's through the not answer of a prayer, whether it is through someone coming up and and speaking to you or the scriptures coming alive to you in that time when you really needed it. And I want you to think about this, that the God of all creation, the God of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, has taken time and has ministered to you. controlling all the planets that are spinning around, the meteors that aren't colliding into us, except for in the movies. He has taken time to minister to you personally, to reveal himself to you so that you can have a relationship with him. And what I want to do this morning is make that opportunity for you to be able to not only sing to him, to allow your voice to, to cry out to him so that at the ends of this galaxy you can shout out, you are my God, I, I, I understand your love for me, I am responding to that love, to that goodness to me, I am going to sing to you with all that is within me, even as we just sang, but you would also have time to allow him to speak to you that the God of all creation still has something to say to you, specifically right where you're at to enhance your life. In the middle of our difficulties, in the middle of our troubles, Jesus' words, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, still rings true. So that whatever your situation is right now, Jesus is speaking to us. I've come that you might have life abundantly. God wants to speak, and and sometimes we're crying out, God, help me, and maybe it's help me with my finances, and God says, well, I really want to speak to your character. Or you're saying, God, help me with this situation and this trouble. And God's saying, well, I really want to speak to you about your devotion. And a lot of times we have in our mind what we want God to say, but God might have something else in mind that is desiring to give us a life that is abundant. And that's why James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. I mean, what's your response to that? Mine, when I first read that, is like, are you crazy? You count it all joy. What are you talking about? And then I catch myself. Oh, yeah, that's the word of God. (laughs) But my response so many times is tunnel-visioned, and I don't see all the areas that God is desiring to work within me. And so this morning, as we are going to partake of communion together, open your heart to God not only to sing with all that is within you, but also to hear, to still your your life enough 
to allow him to speak in the area that he desires to, the area that he wants to, to speak to you in. And maybe your focus is on this specific area. God, this is really what I need help in. This is really what I, I'm, I'm asking you for. And God's saying, okay, that's good. But you know what? This is what I want to talk to you about. Be still enough to let him speak to you and maybe even interrupt that conversation that you might actually be able to hear what he says because what he desires is that you would have life in abundance. We're going to continue singing, pouring out our lives and our hearts to the Lord. You know, I, I don't always like to call singing worship because sometimes it's just singing, but sometimes it really is worship and it's giving of ourselves to God. And I hope that's what takes place with our hearts here this morning. And then I'm going to share a little bit more from Psalm 146. And then we're going to have another time of just singing and uh, partaking of the elements. And the way that's going to work, I'll explain it now so that it's kind of clear later on. We have two tables, one on each side with some bread that's broken up and a bowl that has the grape juice in it. And you're going to go to the tables at that time and you're going to dip the bread into the juice just one time, no double dipping. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to partake. You can either take it back with you uh, to the seat if you want to take a time, if you want to kneel down and just pray before God. Whatever time that we have, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but that's going to take place a little bit later in the service, just so you kind of have a heads up of how things are going to be taking place this morning. But right now is an opportunity for us to encounter our God, to sing to him, to cry out to him, to be still before him, to allow him to speak to us, for us to be unashamed about him, for us to pour our lives out to him. You will never outgive God. If you pour out your heart to him, he will pour into you even more. And so don't hold back, even if you don't sing quite on key. Hopefully everyone's singing so we won't hear you. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about what are people going to think if I raise my hands. If you want to stand up and raise your hands, do it. You're free to do it. What will people think if I get on my knees? Don't worry about it. The only one I want you to worry about is your God. I want him to have your attention. I want this place to be holy and set apart for him this morning. We're taking this time to give to him and allow him to pour back to us. Danny, would you and Julie come back up? So let's continue to worship, surrender. I'll share again a little bit later, and then we'll partake together. In the total of this scripture, God has given us books that talk about his law, his statutes, how we are to live in the Torah, 
He's given us books of history explaining his hand and work throughout man's history with 1st, 2nd Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, even the Gospels giving a historical account of Christ. He's given us books of prophecy, prophetic about who Christ is and God's future dealings with man, even the book of Revelation. But he's also given us this huge portion of songs. And I don't think we always think of God as wanting to sing or desiring just this idea of singing. And what's great about the Psalms is there's just feeling to them. You know, you can talk about a lot of doctrinal things and theological things, but in the middle of it, God is saying, sing, feel, have emotion. Songs have a way of moving us, don't they? I mean, we all have songs that have been favorites of ours every now and then. You hear something and go, oh, that brings back memories, you know. Free bird, whatever it is, you know, you've got this idea of what that song is to you. I've written a few love songs, one to my wife, one to this girl I met at Pup and Taco. <laughs> the one to my wife was much better. <laughs> but they have this way of bringing out things, you know, oh, I've got this expression that I need to put into words, and words aren't enough, so I have to add music to help give the emotion to it, to help give this feeling to it. I need more than just the words. I need to add a melody. I need to add harmony. I need to add chordal structure that gives it more depth, more feeling. And God has laid out 150 songs, one on top of the other, to try and bring in this idea of feeling and emotion. And I love the songs because it allows just the understanding of creativity, of feeling. It, it allows just creativity and this expression. It allows feeling. It allows sorrow. It allows joy. It allows anger. It allows all the things that we feel and sense. And God says, yeah, I, I understand. I connect with all those things. And in Psalm 146, towards the end of this book of songs, This one stuck out to me this week. And it starts off, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. And you know, that term, praise the Lord, has been so used and it, it can sound so syrupy in the wrong way. But the idea is giving to God what he's worth, to exalting him. And I love how it starts off that my soul, praise the Lord. And who's the psalmist talking to when he says, praise the Lord, oh, my soul? It's like he's talking to himself. Every now and then we have to encourage ourselves, don't we? Because I don't really feel like it right now. 
I'm not in a praise the Lord kind of a mood. But he says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heavens and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. Didn't we just read that as we were going through the book of Acts? The Lord of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in him. The person who, who trusts in princes, the, the highest of what the men of this world can achieve. If you put your trust in them, you're going to fall short. But if you put your trust in God who made the heavens and the sea and all that is in them, then you've got something. That's where you need to put your trust. And I love how he goes on because he goes on and he says in verse 6 or verse 7, he upholds the cause of the oppressed He gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the earth and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, For all generations, praise the Lord. Here is the God who created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But you know what? He cares about you. He cares about those that are hungry, those that are blind, those who are fatherless, the widows. He cares. Not only is he great, but he hears the cries of his people. Friday, I um, went over to Russ and Cynthia's house and spent a little time with them, um, continued to pray for Cynthia. Uh, They found some tumors in her lung and in her liver, and we're going to just continue praying just for healing. But with that news comes sorrow. And I went over there, and I didn't go over there really to encourage. I didn't... I didn't know what to say. I just went to be with them. And as I was spending that time with them, Russ was sharing a story with me that he went down to get one of the cars washed and he left the keys and his cell phone in the car and he shut the door and the doors automatically locked and so the keys and the cell phone were locked in the car. And he went up to a a small gentleman and he said, excuse me, can I, I borrow your cell phone? And the gentleman looked at Russ and says, what's the problem, son? And Russ was kind of taken back because he called him son, you know, an endearing term. And, and Russ, like me, is not, you know, the most youthful person. In fact, uh, I think he's a little older than me, even though he looks a little younger, but it's okay. I'm sure he dyes his hair. No, <laughs> I'm teasing. And so he, this man just kind of said, what, what's the matter, son? And he said, oh, I locked my, you know, keys and 
my phone in the car, and he said, well, can I give you a ride uh, up and help you? And he says, no, I can call my wife, and I think she'll be able to work it out to get someone to come down and help me out. And as he made the call, the gentleman said, uh, what's wrong with your wife? And hopefully I get the story right. I know I was kind of touched by it. And it caught, again, Russ off guard a little bit because, you know, he, he just picked up on that. He was sensitive to that issue. And then Russ said, well, she has pancreatic cancer, and he explained what was going on with her. The man reached out and took him by the arm and started praying for him. And, you know, it, it touched Russ because in the middle of all this thing that's going on, there's this man who's able to read into the situation, to take his hold of his hand and, and be a physical reality of the fact that God cares, that God understands, that God is there. And as he was driving off, he, he rolled down his window and he told Russ, don't ever doubt God, son. Once again, there is the reality of God is able to reach us right where we're at, even if it's through someone else. That is what Jesus did when he became flesh and dwelt among us. As he identified with us, he, he wept. He showed us that God really does care. He cares so much that he desires to have a close relationship with us. And, and we celebrate that by calling it communion. The idea is koinonia, it is fellowship, it is this idea of unity. Jesus said in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. This idea of closeness, this idea of contact, this idea of interaction with the living God who not only created heaven and earth but is able to take hold of us and pray for us just at that time that's needed to, to bring those areas of, of hope and understanding in the middle of all that we go through in all of our lives. And when we see these elements, the, the bread and the, the juice, they're tangible reminders of the invisible God who made himself visible through the person of Jesus Christ that there is a reality that can be taken hold of. And just as that food nourishes and strengthens our body, and just as that cup refreshes us and rejuvenates us, God is able to be that for us in a very real way. He's not just out there somewhere. He's here. 
He's with us. He will never leave or forsake us. He comforts the fatherless, the widows, gives sight to the blind. And I love how it says the word forever because forever is a long time. The Lord reigns forever. Verse 6, it says, the Lord remains faithful forever. That's longer than you and I are going to live, by the way, at least here. But we need to see a, a, a bigger picture. We need to be able to see that time is limited. This life that we have here is just a small fraction of an eternity that God has for us, desires for us, wants to work in us. There is forever. And he's faithful forever. How can we hold on to this? How can we understand this? How can we just make this real in our lives? Well, one of the ways that he's told us is by remembering. And that's what we're going to do right now is we're going to remember the Lord's death. That his body was broken for us because he loved us. That his blood was poured out for us. And it says that when you do eat and drink, you proclaim the Lord's death till he returns. That means you actually are preaching. You are giving a message. Who's the message for? It's for you. It's for me. When you take that bread, when you take that cup, you're preaching to yourself and saying, he died for me. And he's coming back. You're proclaiming to your own soul the reality of God's love. And it's tangible. Just as that bread is, just as that cup is, it is something that you can partake of and receive benefit from. Right here, right now. It is as real as the chair you're sitting on. It, it will last even longer. You're probably saying, I hope this message doesn't last too much longer because the chair is pretty hard. But the truth of who God is will not fade. It will not change. It will last forever. And it is more real than anything you can take hold of. And that bread, that cup is just a reminder of the eternity that God has for you and for me. As Danny comes back up, we're going to continue worshiping. And this time, as we're singing, is your time to remember these things, to go up to the tables, to, again, take the bread, to dip it into the juice, and remember what Jesus has done for you. You are able to do this 
Not because you are worthy, but because Jesus has made the way. We can have a relationship with God because of what Jesus has done. And everyone here is invited to this table. If you believe in that, if you have put your faith and trust in the work of Jesus, this is yours. The relationship is there for you to enjoy, for you to have. And if you want to take the cup and, or dip the bread and just pray, Maybe move off to the side, allow other people to, to come forward. We're going to sing a few songs so you don't have to hurry and rush. Maybe you just want to prepare your heart as we're singing and thinking about these things of who he is, the reality of what he's done, how much he cares for you, and what he's wanting to do to show that care and this reminder of it. And then come up. Maybe you want to take it, go back, and then pray there and, and just hold those elements and recognize the reality of that and that it's a tangible reminder maybe you want to go on your knees and maybe just go to the back and just have a time alone in prayer to the lord or maybe just in singing whatever i want you to commune with god i want you to to make contact with him because he is desiring to make that contact with you and this is that reminder so as we sing these songs, come forward, take the elements, dip it once, and then as you want to continue in that time of worship with your God, uh, and then I'll close after we're done. Oh God, we are in awe of your mercy and your goodness and in such need of your love, in such need of the salvation that only you can give, and Lord, this morning we remember what you have done so that we can sing to you, so that we can cry out to you, so that our hearts can overflow with praise, that we could recognize your hand upon us, Lord. And Father, I lift up the needs that are here this morning. Father, the needs for healing. Lord, we pray you would have mercy, that you would touch and heal, that you would be glorified. I pray for the financial needs and stresses that are there, Lord, that there would be a recognition, Lord, of your presence still with us, that we would understand, Lord, that you do not leave us when the money does, that you remain faithful forever. The, the needs that are there for family and those that we love and care about who are in bad places, Lord, and, and, and in need, Lord, we pray that you would reach out to them and Father, I pray for our own hearts and the need that we have to seek you, to long for you, to allow you access into every area of our lives. Lord, that your spirit would permeate our lives and that we would be examples to the world around us of who you are. Father, we need you. And we are here this morning crying out that and asking that you would meet those needs. Lord, whatever they are, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. Recognize you are here, God. In the middle of all that is happening, you are here. Thank you. We do love you. Lord, we pray your blessing on all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>